to all of them, Ooh. and like, and especially once that happens, everything's getting split like six ways. Yeah. I've, I've actually feel like it's it's not impossible to make money touring, but not like sustainable money. Like, right? At least for me, like maybe it's just the level I'm at. Like, like because I feel me. like the, no, I'm nah. saying there's a lot of like there's a lot of towns where like they'll do small shows. They're not yeah. like big shows right. per se. Maybe no more than even fifty people there. Right. Like for, um, and but they'll a lot of times those small towns are we were talking about this earlier. Like had they were looking for someone from out of town to feature right. there because they just have that crowd and right. and there's just nothing else ever going on in that town. Right. So I feel like a lot of the tours I do, the more successful tours I do in terms of like money, right. usually tend to be the places where it's like what well, you're going to wear in Massachusetts. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like. Cause it's like the the small towns that not that aren't really huge. Like doing a show in Boston, it's I, I feel like I can't make money. Doing a show in New York, I feel like I can't make yeah, money. Word. But if you do a show in like Worcester, it's like in New York they're gonna charge you. You off? Yeah. <laughs> you do a show in Worcester, you start. Yeah, you're like, hey, I need two hundred, and they're like, how about one hundred fifty? And you're like, cool, fine. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. That's that's kind of been what I like doing more with touring because I, I feel like it's it actually is possible to, and then you sell merch there too. So like. I feel like when I do a show, like half of what I make is off of merch, because um, you sell stuff to people who are there who right. really liked what you're doing. I, I think there's also <clears throat> when I would say like tired of losing money, it's being away from work mm. while spending money. And right. so even if I'm clearing, let's say hundred hundred fifty dollars a day, which is yeah right, let's say <laughs> I am. I'm spending however much on food, however much on gas, on the rental car, or even we put up on it, lodging if I can't find couch surfing, I don't know people there. Um, and I'm not, I'm losing opportunities to make money in New York. Right, and fast. so I end up in a scenario of like, a kind of breaking even or a small amount of money, great right. experiences, right. but my life is more difficult at the end of the tour. Right. And that's that stopped being a good equation for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember you was mentioning something like this about like a while ago though, it was um, regarding South by Southwest. Like you had some like you was like yo, you like I ain't fucking with South by Southwest because it is. And I thought it was funny, um, but I forgot exactly what you said though. But you've been to South by Southwest before, though, right? <laughs> you been now, sir? Y'all went the same year now, right? No, no, I went the year after you went. Yeah, I think you went the year or two after I went. Well, that was the year right after, because you were planning on going that year, mm-hmm. and you were like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, because uh, I got offered a job to book for a venue um, um, it, that started the end of February, beginning of March, and it was like, hit the road and make my life more difficult, right. or fucking be serious, <laughs> and take a job booking for a venue where I got to book three or four events a week Whoa. for and, uh, and also a couple people on that tour were assholes and like picking at me right. and I was like you know what why the fuck would I get in a truck with you that was another reason we're touring mm. why the hell would I get in a truck with you y'all act like third graders mm. and I gotta spend however <laughs> many days with y'all think it's funny fuck you go, go act like third graders with each other go and chill with my I was, mom in DC I was Whoa. not in that <laughs> is that what you you're right, I know. Paco's cool. That's why I that's, you know. <laughs> that's important, though. That's important, though. Like, if you're on a trip with people, like, it's important to, like... I wouldn't say, like, choose the right people, but if you're a person on a trip, to be mindful of how you affect your space. 
Yeah, like because like, people can drive each know. other crazy really easily, so it's just kind of you just gotta kind of make sure you're not driving everyone crazy. That's you know right. what I mean? So like if you're in a car, you gotta fall really bad. You gotta like stick your butt out the window first, and then you let it go. Kind of, kind of. Actually, that sounds that sounds silly, but like the like the kind of third grade thing you're talking about, like it starts making a difference when people start <laughs> making it your issue that they want to do this or that or the other thing. So, word, it's tough. So like when you went there, when your first time you went to like South by Southwest. Like, I've never been there, so I don't even know what it looks like, what it feels like, nothing like that. Tell me a little bit about what the experience was, was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you went there, was it like, were you part of, like, the, the big sponsored joints? Was you, like, part of the, the little joints that was like, nah, we ain't with the, the large joints, be on the side with the, the local kind of joint? Like, which, which, what was that like? Have you it's ever told anybody like, what South by, like, South by experience was like before? This is going to sound really negative, but it's kind of like comic-con for music like That's it's not hilarious. really but like in a in a kind of a in all the in a bad way though like it's right. just very like everybody <laughs> everybody like when you, you know when you go to comic-con it's like i go to comic-con because it's like there's comics and it's awesome but then there's also like a geico booth <laughs> you know what i mean and so like i feel like south by southwest is like that it's like you go because there is little like you go for the music and for the what it represents as a musical event right and but then there's like the geico booth Right, you know, right, like, right. and that's and that's kind of ninety percent of it now. Right. I feel like, like most of it's like corporate stuff, or right, or right. or something that's legitimate, like a label or like somebody you actually fuck with. Yeah. But what they're doing is putting on like a like a boutique booth to show off how in the scene they are, but it's right. not really actually cool. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Because the person that's at the booth probably wearing khakis, and you like, you know, what I'm saying? I, I think like I went down there twice with a lot of space in between and the first year I went it was insanely awesome like we drove out there <clears throat> went from DC you know drove straight through three of us in a truck got out there and we uh, were meeting up with your majesty and uh, they had helped us book some shows so we didn't do anything official but in the course of the five or six days we were there we did over eight shows uh, snuck into parties ended up you know meeting so-called celebrities and stuff and right. getting into stuff because I had a camera and we, you know, oh, just yeah. finesse things the way we had to. Um, and then I went a number of years later and you could definitely see the corporate influence. Uh, but it's still an opportunity to meet a lot of artists to yeah. see what other people are doing to hear what is going to come out over the next six months to a year because yeah. you do have all these labels and all these hubs. Um, I wouldn't say that's like touring though because like South by, you're, making money is tough bro like if you get booked as one of the featured acts as an official South by artist I think you get paid 250 or 300 dollars a show or something like that if you got a four person band you're each getting paid less than 100 dollars and once you do the official like member you can't book outside shows and if you do they'll cut you off the bills Ooh, um, nah you wild yeah and so for me I've never <laughs> even applied to do the official parts it's like I'll book all the shows I can outside of it and each yeah, time yeah, yeah. we did public shows we did shows at parties we did shows at clubs shows at people's houses and I mean it's dope but again it's not like I think it's different than touring like when you need to put together a series of seven or eight shows in six seven different yeah. cities over the course of two weeks that takes a different type of right. of strategy and, mm -hmm. and kind of setup. South by is similar to like winter music conference or like how Scribble Jam used to be where it's like 
it's destination. It's it's, it's vacation, really, man. It's yeah, like yeah, a we're like yeah. tourism for for artists. Yeah. Although the thing that, that to build on what you were saying, I feel like the thing that is really cool about South by or any of those big events like A three C or Team Backpack or whatever, all those big events where people like they they raise money, they fly out, they do GoFundMe's, is the only people you end up meeting there. It, like if I go to South by and I meet somebody from Sacramento. That person went through the same shit to get there that I went through to get there. And so that just really is like, the bar is like, you're this serious about your music. And so the only people who end up going through all that shit to get out there right. are the people who you kind of want to be working with in Sacramento anyway. You know what right. I mean? So you get a chance to meet people. This is for, for touring, right? So like, it's actually, a, it's actually become a really good source of like people who do local shit in wherever like any shows I've done in Colorado or New Mexico or not New Mexico but Colorado and, or like Nevada yeah. or like some places that I don't have any connections to anybody I've only made connections with people there because I've met them at these type of events that are like they're like big t- they end up a lot of times being big ticket corporate events but like right. you meet a lot of people who have the same goals as you there right. and so that's really I feel like the the, the biggest uh the biggest benefit I've gotten out of going to those kind right. of things—it's not like I've gotten put on and then suddenly a label discovers me or anything. Right. Like that. It's not like that. It doesn't. I don't, in fact, <laughs> I, I, I feel like that. I feel like that story is almost impossible these days. I feel like the only way to get on there somewhere right. is because somebody's already decided they're going to try to make you big. So it's not right, like right. the same people. I feel like people sometimes go to the South by Southwest thinking they're going to get discovered. Right. Right. Not really possible. They, they think they're gonna be like Smurda, uh, uh, like Bobby Smurda on an epic table. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's also like Paco, you bring up something that is new or like something that that was different when I went to South by the last time. It's everyone's showcasing now. Like the first time I went, people were performing as indie acts like they were, they weren't tied to certain labels if they were they were these tiny mom and pop labels where they were releasing seven inch records or doing cassette tapes and right. you know tiny budgets and garage recordings and people's houses and right. and uh you can't just go yeah um, but they were like doing shows as like just bands that rocked out like yeah. when you went around it was just like mad bands everywhere right and there were people who were getting discovered. There were people that weren't already on paperwork. Yeah. And so labels were like, oh shit, we don't have to buy you out of something already. Mm. You already are willing and have a tour bus and mm. you've been traveling the country for a year and a half. Right. And this is your second year playing South By and you sell mm. out the thing and, that you and your friends put together. Mm. We definitely will give you some money and figure out how to market you. Right. Um, and now it's not like that. Now it's when you go to the show, it's presented by Spotify. When you go to the show, it's presented by Epic. When you go to the show, it's presented by Jive Records. It's like the Neptune's house. And they already got 15 acts that are already on TV performing. Mm. So you're not, you're like, there's no discovery part. It's mm. it's big money people pitching their stuff mm. to larger money people, you know, and setting up brand relationships for the next two or three years um, amongst executives. So, like, it's, so it's different now. But I, I would tell anyone, if you can afford it, go to go to South By. Yeah. Go, go. Uh, around what time frame do you think that shift started to happen? Between, like, them being like, yo, I see what y'all doing out here and y'all killing it, we want work with you, versus it being, like, a big brand, promoting they shit, trying to get bigger brands involved. By the time I got there, it was already happening like that. What year was that? 2008, Word. 
man, so I ain't have a chance. I feel like a lot of times by the it kind of goes concurrent with how how much it's on people's radar too. Like uh, the more you've heard about the thing, the more it's already turned to corporate. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how I knew about that's it. That's how it works. Like I was in DC and <clears throat> we've been making music, and the homies like we know someone who can get us on shows out here. It's like, well, what is? Uh, wait, I've heard of this thing. What's out by? Like, and only reason I had heard of it, it was already in media enough. You already had mm-hmm. certain DJs like uh, Steve Aoki and Danny Masterson were doing stuff down there, and BPM Magazine, mm-hmm. which apparently was tied into a certain publicists like Biz Three and Terrorbird, and these were artists that were putting out, or these are. Uh, companies that are putting out like Spank Rock and some of the dance hip hop stuff mm-hmm. and so like I, the reason I was aware of it is because it had gotten bigger than the indie rock scene and had bled into the electronic and hip hop scene mm-hmm. and so it was like new for rappers to go down there right. we went, the, the first year we went there was not a lot of rap like I, there were there were a couple shows but most of the shows I saw were rock shows mm-hmm. and like electronic music yeah and it comes off like a rap. rockish kind of thing to do in the first place now there's a lot of rap yeah, now there's a lot of rap. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it sounds like a reason to over more. All right, <laughs> find you a rock band rappers. So anyway, <laughs> all right, I did. She worked beautifully. Anyway, <laughs> nah, but um, um, there's something else I was gonna say, but I cold forgot though. Um, oh, you did something with the the school, the college joints. Oh, Dean's List tour. Dean's List word. So that's um. That there's a this guy Scott Morris, uh, one of the things he he wanted to do, he has a, he has like a company and a bunch of different arms to that company and they do a lot of different things. But one of the uh-huh. things they do is they set up uh, college tours. They work with like local student groups yeah. on campus, and the student groups on campus are trying to set up events. Mm. And so he says, hey, oh, I'm going to be in New you. York and New Jersey and audition people mm. and create a roster of artists who are just, like, unknowns, kind of, but they're fire. Right, And right, so right. that's kind of how, how he sells it to people, and people mm. are looking for, I guess it just it, it intersects with, like, we, we, we as college kids always want to kind of be on the vanguard of new shit. Right. And, and we're trying to throw an event, and we don't have a lot of budget. And right. so that's kind of that's where he that came from Mm -hmm. but but that that was um that that's not like a tour in the sense that like you're on the road every day as much as it is like over the course of a year like a school year you'll maybe have like 18 different shows at this college that college that college etc so sometimes it'll be like when we did the show at howard um i knew i was going down with them to dc anyway and so i howard at tyrone and, and he they did the. They have um, what was that thing called? Where he and Paper did the thing at? Is it U? Not UMass. I don't know what the name of that place is. It was um, it was U of M, but it was U of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, U of Maryland. There we go. They have this really dope uh, like it's in one of the housing blocks like a dorm or something like that and they have like a record room with like multiple floors of like just wall-to-wall records like stacks like crates and um and then they have like a broadcasting center like around the corner from that it's like all in a dorm so it was like a cool kind of like intimate space and it's just packed with people who love music you know what i mean and so like so when i was down there for howard i i like hollered at him and he does this thing that he has hosted the night before and yeah, yeah. so they did that and then like I also knew uh, Jay the Lioness 
who I'd met at a team backpack thing, you know what uh, I mean, who also yeah, does yeah. things there. So, like, since I knew I was going to be in D.C. already, it was like, all right, who's everybody I know in D.C., and how can I get on whatever they're doing? Right. And it's the same, it kind of gets reciprocated, too, because when people come to New York come then, New York. like, it's like, how can we work these people into what we're doing? Facts. You can get the plug thing sorted out and all of that. Words, man. Hey, well, Chris, I forgot to ask you, like, what's, what was some of your, like, like touring experiences? It could be as general or specific as you wanted to be. It could be as random, too. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm learning, too. Like, I'm completely unfamiliar with the touring thing, and I'm just curious what people's experiences be like. You know what I mean? And what it be like. And I'm also want to talk about what you was talking about as far as, um, you know, doing something where you're, like, you're scheduling, like, eight shows. You feel know I me? Mean? Because I've never done that. You know what I mean? And I don't know how many of my friends have before, too. But I'm curious of what that looks like and feels like. You know what I'm saying? We can even explore that just in, in theory, at least. You know what I'm saying? Shit. I guess there are a couple of different iterations in, in how you travel with music or whatever. Or how I have... We've done tours, per se, where like you fly to Cali and then go from L.A., all the way up to Oakland, and so you might do um, <clears throat> Long Beach, LA, Santa Cruz, Santa Barbara, Ventura, um, maybe if you, if you can, like somewhere like near Big Sur, like in that area, and then Oakland, Frisco, right. something like that. Uh, maybe you can get up to Sacramento or get up to Fresno. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, two different, either one of those places. Northern Cali. So, two uh, different trips. Oh, San Francisco. Yeah. Okay, I bet. It sounded like a dream. Well, he said Sacramento, but that's north of San Francisco. Oh, okay. Um, So, at two different times, we did California tours. Um, We've done... We did New York down to Florida, so we Mm -hmm. did, like, a bunch of cities going down to Miami. Um, Who was with? Was that when you was all uh, rocking with Aaron, with the rap group? No, that was with uh, Tyrone. We were doing Rosetta Stone. We were opening for Your Majesty. And so they had a bunch of dates booked and they threw us on their tour. Um, and then we've done trips, like we went out to from New York to Minneapolis and set up some events in between. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a full-fledged tour. We couldn't book a lot of shows at the time. Yeah. But we did a lot of like in public and like kind of hanging out at people's houses doing house shows. Um, went out to Denmark for shows. And Denmark and all of that? that uh, on a later day, we'll do a story on how to, how to never tour. I got a, I got a series. Now, I write a dad book. need to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, to never let happen if you're trying to book a tour overseas. Ooh, work, yo, nah, no funny shit. We can even like talk about start, some of that right that now. That sounds like what you need to start talking about right now. That's I got an answer to the question you just said a second ago, but I'll come back to it because that's word. interesting. Word. Nah, that has the, a, the, let's go through cautionary it, tale. Yeah, I mean, nah, it's too long. I'm telling you, like, I'd have to. It's like a, a saga of how many <laughs> things went wrong and what you should never let happen. Hey, yo, give me a horror story. I'm not. I'm <laughs> give not, me a horror story. I'm keeping it positive today. Hey, on, on the other hand, though, I feel like shows abroad are oftentimes. And depending on the culture of the the place is is almost sometimes easier. What? Cause well, de- cause like so so right now when I'm touring, it's I'm a hip hop artist that is centered in New York. I'm not yeah. from New York originally, but right. but like the the persona that my music has right now because right. I've been living in New York for so long is it's it's New York, right? Nice. So like if I'm going to London or Ireland or Scotland or any of those places or Iceland, you say, you know, New York artist, yeah. and and it has a little bit of clout to it yeah. in a certain sense. Oh, so, because because my perspective on doing any tour stuff is like I can I can put on a good show, 
but nobody anywhere I'm going really knows me. I mean, right, maybe a right, couple right, people. Right. Like, just being honest, like, I can't draw more than 10 to 15 people anywhere I go besides New York. Right, right. Like, maybe in, like, an occasional city that I've gone to a bunch of times. Right. You know what I mean? Ann Arbor, yeah. Portland, Maine. Like, there's random places where I can draw a bunch of people. But, like, for the most part, yeah. it's, um... But, so you got to start thinking what your value is. Right, And right, so, right. for me, my value is I can put on a really fucking good show. Yeah. And I know that I appeal to people who like, like, bars. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, if I'm doing... Like, last year, I did a, a, a two-week-long tour of New England mm. and New England is kind of a good market for me because there's a lot of dudes who like really like like rap bars right like bars there. like bars <laughs> and so and all so like you know you do your set and you like like even a quarter of your set is just acapellas and people like fucking eat it up <laughs> but so so those kind of places I can tell them like here's what I'm gonna do yeah. and and they already have like a maybe a weekly event or a monthly event or whatever and so like I have value to them right. and and they don't necessarily need me to bring people to, to give value right. to their event right. and so so it's, it's like a symbiotic relationship yeah. and they can pay me and it's fine right. but on the other hand if you have to have someone set up a show it gets a lot it gets a lot harder to do because right, right. like you you have to act like I've like when I, setting up a show like I put on a show in New Haven like, once right so yeah. so so this is part of the tour actually this New England tour so yeah. some of them are like people had shows set up and I tried to figure out where I could plug in in right. various places right. um, but then I, I actually booked the show in New Haven and I'm not I don't really go to New Haven very often right. so I had to what I did was uh, had to hit up a bunch of New Haven local artists and get them to be on board with this show mm. and then it so if you talk to the venue you get them down on on the like oh down with it yeah. and then you get a bunch of artists who you know can like bring people there because right. otherwise it's going to be lame and hold you um, down on stage too <laughs> and then uh yeah 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 right. and and then um uh and then yeah so I don't remember what I was saying. I'm getting a little drunk at this point. <laughs> no, so so the, the, so, uh, so like you, you the label is beer got so, Nah, yeah. Well, it's not beer. It's water, of course. Hey. All um, the jokes we had on crazy. That's not- <laughs> yeah. um. So overall, like I feel like there's a lot of ways you can get a show. So yeah. like I said, that is like either you know if you, but if you know a, if you have to book the shows like from the ground up, like he was talking about earlier, yeah. like if you're the headliner and that's the reason the show exists, it right. becomes a lot harder. Yeah, it's not like someone because because then you have to be the center of everything and you have to work to make it happen. Right. Whereas if you can tap into local communities of people mm-hmm. who are already doing shit, like in New York, for example, uh, there's end of the week, mm-hmm. there's freestyle Mondays, mm-hmm. there's there's a million different there's Brooklyn Wildlife, there's a million yes. different places that are already doing shit. And there's already people who are invested in going to those places. Right. And if you can tap into as many local places like that, right. it's easier for someone who doesn't have a lot of fans all over the place. Right. And and abroad, it becomes easier because I, I, I personally feel like, in my experience, that places like Australia, Europe, even Eastern Europe, Serbia, like whatever, like they have places that want entertainment like that, yeah. but they don't have entertainment like that mm. just off put that on my list like locally you know what I mean and so and so like you know it, it like it's easy to find a place in Ireland that's that has 
300 people there that really want to hear you play mm. and and they're willing to give you money for it because they just need to connect with you you know right right that sounds dope though because I remember you told me about that too like how you was killing it in like Ireland shows and because I, I was thinking about that I'm like yeah what, what, I wonder what the live the, well, music the, scene looked like out there the live music scene in Ireland is dope but they don't have a lot of hip hop Right. So people like hip hop. So like, there's amazing folk artists. There's amazing like singers. Like, there's all sorts of shit that's really like top, top of the what field in Ireland. But yeah. but it, but hip hop's not one of them. There are some great hip hop groups in Ireland, yeah. but like, it's just not their forte. It's not. Yeah. So so people like seeing it, but there's not a lot of it. So it's so that's what I'm saying. The value I can bring is like I can be good at hip hop, yeah. and so like it, it it's appealing. And so the biggest show I did in Ireland, though, like, I, there was a, it was, must have been 500 people. But, the, but it? honestly, the way I found it was, I went to, we were in this tiny little town, well, not tiny, but I guess it's tiny, it's called Drogheda. Sounds small. It's, it's like an hour north of Dublin. Word. It doesn't sound like anything, if I put a flyer out, you're not going to be impressed by the fact that I was there. <laughs> but I was in this town, because I happened to already be in the town, and, and the first week, they had an open mic at this local bar. Yeah. And I went there, I was like, I want to check out the open mic. Yeah. So I went and saw it, and, and they, they were, I talked to the guy who was organizing it, and he learned who I was, and he was like, oh, why don't you just, instead of doing a couple songs, why don't you do a bunch of songs? Hey. And I was like, cool. <laughs> and then it turns out there was hundreds of people at this open mic and I was like cool so then I did a couple songs and, and, and people really liked it and he was like hey come back next week because we do it every week and, and we'll give you a real set we'll headline you blah 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 and I was like cool you know <laughs> but it just it just in that place I feel like in Iceland it's the same thing there's places that like want you for what you do which is harder to do in the yeah. states especially in like big cities like New York LA Chicago like it's really hard yeah. to find shows there because nobody Want you? Nobody ever be like, looking for you. Yeah. Um, you kind of gotta like talk your way in. Like, Yo, yeah, on, nobody <laughs> wants to hear shit that you're doing. <laughs> right. But but abroad, I feel like they do because it's different. You know? Right, right. Because in New York, all the all the hosts of these events, they already overwhelmed. They're like, oh, another artist. What do you yeah. want? I mean, I <laughs> what do you want? I can definitely attest to it. Like, I, I haven't been in many. I think in many different countries that Paco's been in rapping, but. Everywhere I've been outside the U.S., outside of just mainland U.S., there's a different respect for hip hop. It's yeah. is like um, kind of fresh or new or yep. exotic or like <clears throat> meeting someone from New York has this level of authenticity to it. And so when we went to Denmark, we were supposed to do a show on Saturday. Um, got into we we're going out Friday. Went to a club that I knew about from being there before. Mm -hmm. And when we get to the front, guys like, "Yo, y'all from America?" Mm -hmm. Like yeah, we got a show here tomorrow. Doing it with this group, and they're like, "Yo, that group is DJing tonight here. Here, we'll let y'all in. I'll introduce y'all." And so mm -hmm. the dude takes us into the club. Club is packed. Like it's it's like a basement club, and from the stage, there's a open room, then a walkway and a bar, and from the bin to the end, packed. Uh, and we get in, meet the DJ. Media's like, "Oh, y'all are rocking tomorrow. What's up? Y'all want to get on stage tonight?" And we're like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're just throwing some shit. Da, 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 da. And we're out there doing like dubstep stuff back in like 2009. Oh, word? Um, it existed and, in 2009? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and maybe, yeah, I think it's 2009, end of 2009 or so. Um, and so, next thing you know, we're on stage. The DJ, you know, MC is up there and he's like, yo, we got special guests from New York. All of a sudden, <laughs> before Ava said anything. 
before you even They didn't say our name. They didn't say if we had a song they had heard of, nothing. It was like, New York, yeah, yeah. And literally, dog, like, this crowd rocked with us. And when we got off stage, people going nuts. Like, mm-hmm. people trying to buy us drinks. Like, mm-hmm. it was so much, like, support and attention. And, like, um, people being inquisitive and asking about right. the music making process. And we met artists that night that then wanted to do studio stuff with us. Yeah. And we were able to record some dubstep out, dubstep stuff out there with, like, Danish artists. And, I mean, I think we went to Hawaii. I know it's U.S. state, but... People are like fascinated with real rap out there. They do not see it, and at least on a big island like maybe Honolulu, other places they're used to it. Right. But you go to certain parts of the world, and they're literally like, "I've never seen someone do this." Now nah, like I feel you. Like, I feel you on that. Though. That's crazy. Like, uh, you know, that response you're talking about. I usually only get that from like drunk old people. But uh, you know, I got a friend. <laughs> I got a friend from Australia, and he'd be telling me about uh, you met him, um, Brian. Brian Kruger. Um, yo, and apparently the hip hop actually linked me with people when I was in Australia. Yeah. In terms of like the how it happened, I I messaged you because I knew you did that thing with that guy from Australia. Yeah. You and Taekwon and you. Yeah. And and uh, and I messaged him and he said, "Oh well, I'm in Perth. I'm not in Sydney or Melbourne or Adelaide or whatever. But here's some people I know. Mm. This is their Facebook. Message them. Oh, dope." Brian says you're cool. Right. Come to this show in Sydney two nights. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, anyways, go back to your story. But that's 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 the connection. You know what I mean? Right. Nah, it's crazy. It's real how it worked too. You know what I'm saying? Um, like because the way I met Brian was random as well. Like I met his brother drunk in front of McDonald's at like two a.m. He said, "Yo, my brother's coming here to shoot a documentary. You should be." So, so the reason I was able to tour in Australia was because you met a dude drunk in a parking lot at McDonald's. <laughs> That's kind of how it works, right? So. <laughs> yo, it's funny though. Yo. But yo, one thing I learned because I wasn't—I didn't even know there was a hip hop scene in Australia at all. Period. But not only was there—I mean, people got their different opinions about it, I guess. But like, they really have—they really honor some of the core principles of hip hop more than a lot of people from New York that I know. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, or at least it has like this kind of there's this, this certain kind of excitement. This kind of you know, uh, it's like it, it feels fresher, newer out there, maybe because it actually is newer out there. I think you get, I think there's there's something really eye-opening about touring and to understand, A, most people don't have a fan base yet. Like if right. you're going and doing stuff for 50 people in a club, you don't have a fan base. So like, right. you're actually learning what people respond to. Right. Like they haven't already attached to like, I fuck with anything you do. It's kind of like, I like this song, not those other two. You know, yeah. people will tell you. Mm. And when you, when you travel, you'll get people's ideas of what hip-hop is. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, like, you can facts. play them stuff, and they'll be like, ah, hip-hop is supposed to be, like, dance music, and you do, like, introspective, right. like, emo rap. Right. Or you do, like, kind of street rap, and you get people who are like, nah, hip-hop's supposed to be about culture. Hip-hop's supposed to be right. about uplifting the youth. Right. Why are you talking all this negativity? And you get feedback on, like, how people have learned what hip-hop is. And right. in different countries, there it's a different time wave. Like, literally... Right. Until the internet and kind of all these blogs and updates, yeah. you release a tape in New York. They might not get it in France for two years. It might, it might literally be a year and a half lag on certain artists mm-hmm. that get big. There are other artists that are known in France before they ever get big here. Word. And you had all those kind of like nuances. And, and you get both. You meet people who don't know anything about hip hop. Right. You meet people that are more fanatical than right. Americans. You know, That's like, man, funny, yo. It's, it's, 
Wow. So y'all got like some favorite memories y'all ever had about touring, like like while being either performing out of your state, out of the country, or your favorite moment, you know, uh, memory touring, favorite story, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Chris don't want to share the bad memories. He won't give me that entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Because I thrive off bad news. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, give me some, give me some horror stories, yo. Um, Make so, my Sunday. God so I was it. when I was in London. So there were some shows in London that were great. And then there was this show in London this guy booked me for. And I was going on at whatever time. But I didn't really know. I think that's one of the things that's hard is the dude says, oh, you're on at 11. And I'm like, that sounds perfect. But in London, that's not perfect. It's a very bad time for the neighborhood, venue, whatever that I was in in London. Everybody had gone home by like 9.30. It just that's I didn't know that was how the space was though. So so I'm there and like it's just very different. I feel like 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 if, you, if, you're, if you're in Brooklyn and and somebody says you could rock at one at a warehouse party, it sounds it, like I know here it's like well if it's a popping warehouse party that's perfect. Right. But in London everything's done by like midnight. Right after you song, like really weird, turn like weirdly, like weird. Yeah, no. So, so I went to the show, and I was like, "This is great! I can't wait! It's already packed!" Blah blah blah. And then by the time I went on, there was like four people there, and I felt like, man, I just played myself. Like, like I feel really shitty that I spent all this time investing and going to this place, and like I was excited about it. And Johnny Volta came out actually. So actually, there was like three people there. It was like Johnny Volta, his his wife, uh, and then my friend Kate, who also lives in London. And it was just an empty club and those friends. (laughs) And I was like, shit. This show did not work out, mm. <laughs> and the night before it was like a hundred people, you know. <laughs> but but so I think sometimes you gotta you gotta like for me, uh, and I maybe I have a little more patience for it at this point because you you you've had enough bad experiences that you're like fuck this. <laughs> He's up here, like walking it. <laughs> yeah. So for me, like if I can get enough wins that they cancel out the shitty experiences, right, right. the overall experience is worth it. And it's always easy to go back to a place you've already been right. and know the score That's that a time. fact. That's a fact, though. So, like, I've done two New England tours, yeah. and the first time was like, okay. And the second time, I was able to get paid for most of them, mm-hmm. and, and I knew where to stay, and I knew what the events to go to on my off time, and I knew, like, it, it just, like, the... How much you can work a location increases as you know the location more, right. too. So, well, also having a strategy of making money outside of the tour allows people to tour. So, Thanks. we um, for a while we were opening for like people like Bus Driver, or, like Subtle or Quell and shit like that. And so we um, did a couple shows with Subtle, and we were starting to ask them like how their setup worked, and their I think a cello player at the time was like, I teach in Korea half the year. Mm. So I make money, save it, and then do this. Right. And I don't right. make any money. And we were talking, we were like, wait, y'all don't make any money? Y'all are on a label. Like they were on um, Epitaph at the time or something yeah. like that, which is a well known indie label. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> they had gone to Europe and come back, and they it looked like, yo, <laughs> I was still young yeah. and being like, yeah. oh, we're opening for the people that do the thing I want to do. <laughs> And then we're talking to them, like, so how's it work? And they're like, our sound man makes more money than us. <laughs> <laughs> they had a, a sound guy because they had so much gear when they played. They had tons of gear. Right. Uh, vocal pedals and effects mm-hmm. pedals and a cello player, drum machine, two vocalists, this and that. 
props. And so when they split the money at the end of the night, the sound person that they traveled with was making more money on the tour than them. And that's when it started hitting me like, dog, this is all wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I literally was meeting artists that I saw on TV or that I had gone to their shows and there were mad people that were going home to be homeless. Damn. That like were getting evicted while they were on tour. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm, I'm back into wanting the tour now and I'm probably right. going to use uh, Artery to do it. Yeah. But I'm not losing money off of it. I'm, right. And now I've learned more about what things work, what things don't. How right. to not blow your bread going out and partying and drinking right. and shit. And right. how to, you know, we yeah, went hard so back right. in the day. We right. would definitely do shows and be like, can we sleep on someone's couch? Can we sleep in a living room? Right. Save money right there. Sleep mm-hmm. in your parking lot. If six people in the hotel, would they let us in? Cool, we're doing it. Yeah. You know, we, dog. So I, I like tour like that. I like <laughs> it. Like if, if, I'll tell you stories when this tape machine is off. Like touring is a lot of fun. Yeah. Wait, shouldn't you say it with the tape on? That's no, no. There's certain it's things in the world. Tag you know. Government, government, government secrets. Nah, I mean, if I say it, government, I can't, can't write the book. You are going to do the expose on yourself? I will I will say, man. I, One I time. Would, I Stingray. Oh, <laughs> and a Limerita. Stingrays and Martin Limeritas don't mix, man. I mean, I did. I did. <laughs> Did a little rapping in Hawaii after I had a line to read it. Yeah, you did have a line to read it. I didn't even know they sold them out there. I didn't even know they were legal out there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing I did, though. The thing with you going to Hawaii that was super inspiring, too, though, is yeah. I think that part of it is just, like, it's touring for me is honestly, like, kind of a cool way to get what, what ends up being a free vacation. Right. Because sometimes you don't really make money, but you don't necessarily lose money, if, right? So, like, if I break even on a tour, I feel good about it because that means... I went to a place that I would never go yeah. otherwise. Like when you when when Chris is in Australia, these are things I remember about you in Australia. That's probably very different. But he was like next to some lava. Oh, in Hawaii, yeah. right? Yeah. And then he was like like out in like the, the volcanic island jungle at like <laughs> random real. parties that happened there, and like with a raccoon mask on. Like I would never ever ever end up in that place or time. If not, because I wandered out there thinking Word. there's some reason I deserve to be there, like mm, or belong there, like like I wouldn't end up in the same places I end up on vacation, right? If if I weren't also doing, if I weren't touring, you know what I mean? Like you get a way more authentic experience because you're really trying to actually engage with people as opposed right. to like doing tourist shit. This arbitrary, disconnected tourist thing, uh, you know? Yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Like you have to read, uh, yo. No lie, I forgot to tell you this too. Maybe I get ready to wrap it up. Um, my homegirl Goldie, who couldn't be with us today, but she was telling me how, like, fam, she became an Uber driver for the purpose of touring. You know what I mean? So whenever city she's in, she can get a couple of dollars in between wow, gigs. She got a hybrid car and all that. Like, nice. She ain't playing no games. So she, Melanie. she drives to other towns and then facts. Yo, yeah, facts. that's what's up. Nah, I mean, so fuck a genre entertainment. Oh no, no, no. She, she ain't fuck a genre entertainment. Oh no, no you know right, what I mean. Well, she gonna she gonna hit you in a power. Still shout out to Goldie. Shout out to Goldie. She's really from Queens. I'm not really really from Queens. <laughs> or, shout out to her. She's really from Queens. Nah, I mean, <laughs> but yo, listen, yo, we gotta get ready to wrap it up because Dan looks like he getting tired. Can, can, can I give? Can I give? A nah, little, you, can, no, you do whatever, man. That's good. I, I just, I just want to give people a little advice. If you've never toured, thank you. If you've never toured. Really, really consider the budget. Like, I'm, I'm being serious, man, because I was, I was out the window with it. Like, what? We can drive to Daytona and sleep in a car and blah blah blah. Let's do it. All right, bet. 
you don't have to do that though. You know, you can put a little time and effort beforehand or whatever else, but uh, physically take care of yourself. I know I, was, mm-hmm. I sound like crazy, whatever, but you're Water. not you're not used to rapping seven days straight. Mm-hmm. While you're not eating well, while you're not sleeping well, while you're after the party rocking out with people and getting drunk and yelling and screaming and the parking lot somewhere at four in the right. morning and some rock quarry somewhere in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, no, mm-hmm. it's True. so, like, destabilizing. Like, whatever your regular right. life is, when it's get in a car, drive for hours, be uncomfortable, not really sleep, right. get out, sound check. Get some food that's pretty crappy, right? Or spend all your money on some vegan food, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, then rock the show, get lit, right. and then you're up till five in the morning to then wake up at ten to travel again or to do whatever yeah. you have to do that day. Yeah. It's and so it's like take care of your body, um, protect your voice. Yeah. You know, like I blew my voice out like three or four days into one of the tours, and it was during the day talking like this. <laughs> And at every show, barely get it up to like, <laughs> and every time you do that, you're making it worse. And what you end up doing is after three weeks or four weeks of doing that, you're going to end up with nodules on your vocal cords. You're going to end up actually messing up your throat permanently. I was lucky. Like, our tour wasn't long enough for that to happen. You was about, um, to, uh, you was about to end DOC yourself. Yeah, man. Um, and, and, and I would also say, make the connections. Like, talk to people. If you... If you go all the way to Albuquerque, you go all the way to uh, Arizona, you go all the way to Montana, don't get off stage and not talk to people. Right. Like, really utilize right. the time to interpersonally mm-hmm. connect with folks, Word. to exchange the info and keep in touch with them. Right. Because if you only go once every two years, you're just going at one time. It doesn't really right. matter. You need right. to keep the things... Word. You know, rotating. So when your friends you met there come to New York, right? Stuff with They'll come out when you come back. You know, introduce yeah. you to people. Work. I'm sorry. Uh, no, those are those are the main things. Like anything else, you can probably figure out. But yeah. now nah, we want doing the math. We need some more of those. Though I ain't even going front though. Cause even I was learning. I'm like, nah. And you mad funny. So you know, say either this episode or we're gonna follow with you. We're gonna have to get a whole. list Oh, we'll now. talk about what not to do, and we'll talk about the secret stories. Uh, See, most of the times I toured, I had a girlfriend also. So I didn't engage in the full activities that you can while touring, which also keep kept me safe. Right, <coughs> kept me safe. I didn't come home. No, no one got pregnant. It's, I didn't it's healthier when you're not living that way. Yeah, <laughs> when you have a bedtime on tour, it's healthier. <laughs> it sounds crazy. I had but, a technical uh, call every night. <laughs> How was the show? The show was great. Yeah, only all chill, chill, No, no, we about to like no. Right. Down. right. You go to bed before everybody else. You wake up more well rested. Hey, everyone, you ready to go tonight? Yeah, I mean, girls would be like, <laughs> oh, why you got so good? It'd be like, please get away from me. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not, because all it takes is some weird photo, video, Instagram <laughs> thing, and the person I'm dating is all the way, how far away beefing now? And you don't want to get in a beef with your significant other while you're touring. That is so annoying, bro. <laughs> Or you gonna end up like getting to the Greek member when he butted out his girl while he some other girl was seeing something wild shady. (laughs) You're in like some like you know Cracker Barrel in Tennessee, like but you know trying to calm down someone three hundred miles away. (laughs) Like (laughs) I went to Cracker Barrel. Like I know I missed we supposed to talk last night and then when you called me, you heard all the 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 girls were yelling in the background, but that was Aaron and them. That wasn't me. Aaron and them. That's, that's, that's gonna be the quote. <laughs> that's gonna be the title. <laughs> that was Aaron and them. Yeah. Moral of the story is that was Aaron and them. Mm-hmm. Nah, but no lie. Thank y'all for joining me. You know what I mean? Y'all are mad dope and all of that, yo. 
Um, definitely uh, feel free to uh, like definitely uh, tell people where they can like find some of y'all music, some of y'all works, and all of that. You know, what I'm saying remind people your names and all of that. Um, you can find me Paco the G Train Bandit on Spotify. <laughs> Chris hates Spotify because they don't pay you shit, but they don't pay me shit. But yeah, they listen don't. to me on Spotify. I don't give a fuck. They only pay you with good vibes. Uh, <laughs> iTunes. You know what I mean? I just put out a new single today. Actually, it's called it's called Don't Quit, and the image on the front is. A fucking endless fucking road. The, the the cover art for it is inspired by touring. Because when, when me and Crimdella actually a few years ago were touring through New Mexico and Arizona mm. and the desert. And mm. every time we'd drive to the next show, it'd be like a six to eight hour drive to the next show. And it would be like flat desert <laughs> with like maybe a vague mountain in the background. Maybe. Endlessly maybe. for hours. Yep. And so like Crimbello's a really dope dude to tour with. Like we, we got along perfectly the whole yeah. tour. We never fought about anything. It was a lot yeah, of fun the whole time. But but it was like it was that feeling of like you still have like six hours to drive and you're already exhausted mm. and like there's nothing in front of you except cactuses <laughs> and like endless desert and it's like fuck you just gotta keep driving like so that was what inspired the cover image for that song but that song came out today you can find that on my SoundCloud Pocket the GTA Bad everything is at Pock Diggity right so I hear that try to get an illegal copy too you know what I'm saying um, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Thanks, man. <laughs> Bootleg my shit. It's better than buying it. <laughs> For real. Don't pay it either. Don't pay yeah. anyone. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. My name is Chris. You can find me on the internet. Stonehenge Parnhash Nikovsky. You spell it exactly like it sounds. Um, Look. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. I'm doing a shitty job as a host. It's I'm used to this. Like QC, I'm unflappable. By the way, if anyone, I mean, get to know me. I'm a wizard and I'm unflappable. You gotta at least if you're gonna say it sounds exactly like it's or spelled exactly it sounds. You gotta slow it down. You're like Parnash Coffee. It was like Parn. Hash Nakovsky. Yeah, simple. That's spelled like it sounds. You gotta hear whether it's a good thing. I'm trying to tag you in this and I can't even find it. I'm trying to tag you, bro. I got Parnash Nakovsky. But I can I just had his government name. Chris Ski. Chris I'm so happy that we had this moment. Like the Paco giving a lesson on how to say my name. Sorry, I'm going to let you finish. This is perfect. So then no one can ever say they don't know. So now, anytime someone's like, go to the tape. Paco already laid it out for y'all, family. It's really easy. That should be a Facebook profile picture video. FBI profile picture. All right. Sorry, Chris. You can find me on the internet. I rap longer than all your favorite rappers, and <laughs> I um, rap with your favorite rappers. I, I did. I probably did. And in January of 2018, I'm turning 40 years old, and I challenge, I dare, I challenge anyone out there to come see my book. Mm. Oh, I got, I got book? new, I, I got raps coming, bro. A new book, oh. book of raps. Oh, okay, okay. Come, come test the book. Any, yeah. Anyone who wants to yakety yak and I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's rap. That's what I'm talking Let's about. Let's rap. Though. Come see me. Words, son. It's easy to catch a rapper off guard these days. Let me hear something. They'd be like, oh, I can play this track off SoundCloud. <laughs> now, yo. Hey, yo, you with your boy QC from R vs. Life with Pop Dust, and I'll holler at y'all.
fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> that was fun, son. All right, cool, cool. I'm gonna.